This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I am so fired up for today because we've got Tony Joe. Tony Joe is a realtor and owner of Remax Island Properties on Vancouver Island. He is also the host of the whole home show on CFAX 1070. That's right. It was great. I, I actually don't know if they say it that way. I, you know what? I, I don't either. But I only read it that way. I just, I want them to say it as CFAX, CFAX. <laughs> But I'm guessing it's probably just CFAX. That's right. CFAX 1070 uh, from Victoria. You were on his show. I was. Yeah. Sounds I, haven't, like, I haven't heard it. I can't listen back. No, but it, it was exciting that you got the invite. And it was even more exciting that Tony Joe came on our show uh, because he's a wealth of knowledge about Victoria. He's I'd say not even Victoria real estate, which he is obviously, but Victoria generally born and bred been in the business since 1991, started his team in the early 2000s, been running the show on CFAX for a while. Yeah. Great having him on the show. 1991. That's yeah. actually, that's incredible. Do the, sure. do the math on that. I'm trying to think of that's what was happening 30, in 91 in, in our... Nirvana just got together. Yeah. But meanwhile, you were still lip syncing new kids. And I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the big difference is you would have said you were a Nirvana yeah. <laughs> Bring out the mixtape. Uh, <laughs> Here, here's uh, 1991, though. What a year to get into real estate in the region. Yeah, well, the 90s were slow, right? Yeah, uh, so it was it was an interesting time, I wonder. And and here's here's the other thing, too, is he has watched the evolution of uh, not only the island, but uh, of, of course, Metro Vancouver. He, you know, one thing we didn't really talk to him about, and in hindsight, we should have, was talk about kind of Expo 86, because he's kind of right after that. Right. Um, and obviously the impact of that on Vancouver, but the reverberations on the island, it would have been kind of interesting. But anyway, it's still uh, a great conversation. Tony Tony saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, but uh, yeah. And it's also interesting to hear how a lifelong Victoria resident uh, perceives the island and, and Victoria's role in the province. Just overall, really interesting conversation. You're going to be better for it. Uh, stay tuned for that. What else do we got before we cut to this conversation? Before with Tony? we cut to this conversation, Adam, we're hot off of a of a meal last night. Yeah, with for our first this week. Yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a challenging market. No, no. It, it's uh, <laughs> but we were so a few things. So Chard Development, past guest yes. fan favorite Byron Chard, huge fan of Byron's, invited us to basically what what was it a a, a dinner to learn about their new project Earl. Yes. In East Van's Norquay Village, yeah, at Doche, this restaurant in Kingsway. I don't know. We, I, both, neither of Do, us had been Do there. Choi. is that right? Doche, Doche. No, you had it right. Doche, Doche. You just you said it kind of like Dolce, like I thought you were. Oh, saying. like Dolce and yeah, yeah, Dolce Vita or something. Or but, Dolce and Gamena. Yeah, but it's yeah, Doche, uh, Doche, vegetarian restaurant, vegetarian Vietnamese. Some of the best vegetarian food I think I've ever had. Some of the best cocktails. Some of the best food. Some of the best company. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of people from Chard there. There was some uh, Nagib from Rennie. I sat across from him. Yeah. Great guy. It was... Uh, Good people all around. It was It was a lot of fun. But the thing that came out of it was a friend of ours who also attended brought this up before because we were all a little nervous. There's this exciting area where the project's going to be. It's called yeah. Norquay Village in, in East Vancouver. Are you sure about that? And this, this is the debate. You, you we're sure trying to get that? clarity on this. <laughs> so here's here's what a friend who will remain nameless uh, argued. This is, might be my favorite story of the year so far. It's, he's like, it's Norquay. He's like, no, no, no. It's Norkey. It's Norkey Village. Norkey Village. Because of the key, like the Lonsdale like, key. How do you say the Lonsdale? Do you uh, say Lonsdale Quay or do you say Lonsdale Key? Yeah. Which... 
Which if you, you used use, to say, if you, Clay. If, if you, up until last year, <laughs> if you use that logic for all words, though, it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. So actually, we asked Byron. He didn't know either. Well, no, but this is the best <laughs> he said part. Said We all, everyone at the dinner, Norquay was said like 700 times last yeah. night. And every single one pronounced it Norquay. And I did not hear that one friend mm. call it Norkey. And I was listening. I was trying to, I was trying to. <laughs> Tune in to him talking about it. Yeah. But could you imagine it was Norkey Village? Well, we made a joke to Byron that, yeah, it's like, yeah, talk about a flop on branding if you have to say Norkey all the time. Yeah, he was saying he might boss stall the project <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, anyways, one thing about that friend, Dorkey. <laughs> Dork, Dorkey. And also, <laughs> by the way, if you're interested in this, in this project, we're going to send it out on the live wire uh, soon. It's called Earl. Yes. It's in Norquay Village. Over a hundred units there. Really, really, from what we've seen so far, really nice stuff. Really attractive price points for Vancouver. That's for sure. Uh, and townhouses too. And this is, uh, they've got the upper townhouses, like stacked townhouses with rooftop decks and just really cool. One bed starting uh, low, like 600s, low 600s. Low so 600s. Yeah. It's exciting. It, it's exciting stuff. And obviously, learning about it last night it's yeah it's an, it's exciting all around so stay tuned for that what else do we have adam we have uh last but not least our instagram and our new site so if you are on instagram check it out because we just actually uh very very nice property over in southeast vancouver champlain heights we just uh, put a video both of us in the video right so your directorial of, debut was last week i think you're kind of you're you're improving your your chops my uh, we were basically dancing around in this video you can go check it out it's uh, it's pretty good anyways we're doing a lot on instagram you got to follow us on instagram if you are on social media and if you're not on social media it might be worth just uh, creating an account yeah, yeah, just to just to follow at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, that's for sure. And of course, Adam, we have our site, our new site, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. Key here is the summaries of all our episodes are just way easier to delve into. If you want specific types of information, you can separate by investment, advice, selling your home, developers. You can you can locate just all the information you're looking for really easily. Of course, we also have that sell with us button and the sold plan. Yes, the sold plan, Matt. A lot of people downloading, a lot of people from the industry downloading the sold plan as well. Best thing is, is it's basically a timeline. It's it sold stands for start on launch date. You work your way backwards from the date that you anticipate you're going to launch the listing. It gives you clear instructions of what you need to do to get your place ready for market. This is a great document. It's available for free, quick download on our site, uh, Sell With Us. And if you need help or if you want a comparative market analysis do it done by us, uh, we're happy to come out and look at your place and give you an idea of what the value is. Matt, without further ado, though, this one uh, is really... This, is, is, uh, this guy's got the, the quay to uh, real estate. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> got the, he's got the quay to my heart. Uh, Tony, Joe, Remax Island Properties, The Whole Home Show on CFAX 1070. This is a great one. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Mark on building for life.
Okay, so we're here with Tony Joe. He is the owner and a realtor with Remax Island Properties in Victoria. Um, you've also got offices in Duncan and Mill Bay. And of course, host of the whole home show on CFAX 1070 and iHeartRadio. Welcome, Tony. Thanks for taking the time today. Oh my goodness. It's great being here. I've been listening to you guys for years. Yeah, well, thanks so much for taking the time, Tony. And usually we say about a guest, past guest fan favorite, but I guess Adam is actually a past guest fan favorite. I, I want to go as far as fan, oh, fan oh, favorite. Oh, maybe not now. a fan favorite, just a past <laughs> guest on the whole home show. Yeah, it was, it was a one and done for Tony, he said. <laughs> I'm not even sure they're releasing it. <laughs> oh, it has been released. It was out over the weekend and it was great. It was a great conversation. And um, uh, again, I, I have to say uh, to you guys, again, I've been listening to you guys for years. Uh, your content is fantastic. I, and I, I said to Adam, you know, when I uh, reached out to you guys, I gave it the old longtime listener, first time caller thing. And that was me. <laughs> um, but, you know, not only do I get so much great information from you guys about the Vancouver market, but, you know, the, the speak, the uh, guests that you have, plus the fact that, you know, I thank you guys. You are great for the industry because you give a very transparent and very uh, a clear sort of description of what the business is all about. You know, people, people often, they watch HGTV or it's, you know, uh, <laughs> a selling sunset or, or whatever. It's not like that. Right. These are, these are real stories. So thank you guys. Thank we, you. we, we tried to do the selling sunset, but they, uh, they said we didn't have the look down. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got the, yeah, you got the, you got the face for podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tony, uh, again, uh, yeah. And we're, and we're fans of the whole home show and we appreciate you coming on today. We wanted to talk to you largely about Victoria, but maybe for, as a starter question, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I'm a born and raised Victorian. That's a rarity because most of the time, like in the greater uh, Victoria region, everyone comes from another place. You know, we'll get into that later, but, you know, almost everyone we serve comes from another part of the country. It's rare to, to have uh, born and raised and never left Victorians. I'm the only family member of my family that never did. My dad is born and raised in Victoria too. Uh, we're third generation. I've seen a lot of changes uh, happening here. Of course, Vancouver is just across the water, you know, that that was our weekend uh, excursions. So, you know, we, we feel that it's an extension of, of home for us. I got into real estate in 1991. So this is year 32 for me. I started at uh, the age of six, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and I have seen many changes. It's, 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 uh, as you guys know, a really interesting industry. No two transactions are the same. Every person is different. Problem solving lots. I ended up getting elected on the board of directors for the Victoria Real Estate Board for three terms. And I was the president here in Victoria in 2008. I became the spokesperson as a result, uh, ended up making a lot of media contacts, which kind of brings us to, uh, uh, to where I am right now, my little side job, which is this, uh, this radio program. But aside from service at the Victoria Real Estate Board, I have been active for BCREA or Provincial Association. And also Korea. So right now I sit on the Federal Affairs Committee for, for Korea, the Canadian Real Estate Association, sat on the Global Committee for a number of years. And finally, my, my other little small corner of the desk is I've been an instructor for BCREA and the Real Estate Council of BC, now BCFSA, for I guess 11 years now. So I teach the applied practice course, a lot of the BCREA uh, PDP courses. I teach a technology one, the business of real estate, all I guess do that for fun, right? Wow. And when do you sell real estate? That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Still that's find that's time the mornings, selling. right? That's the mornings. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's very helpful to have a very capable team. So I've had my team put together since 2003 is 20 years now. And, um, you know, it's just fun, right? It's a, it's, it is, it's an amazing industry. It's an amazing career for those who choose to uh, take it because, you know, it's not just selling houses. There can be so much more, right? Absolutely. Tony, you know, one thing that struck me is you're born in Victoria, which is, of course, rare, as it is in Vancouver, I feel like almost everybody we work with is is from somewhere else. Can you talk a little bit about how Victoria's changed? Because I, I remember, you know, say 20 years ago, you know, hearing the, the newlywed and nearly dead kind of comments yeah. about Victoria. It doesn't feel like that at all anymore. Can you talk about kind of the trajectory you've seen over, over the course of I guess not only your real estate career, but, but lifetime in Victoria. Yeah. Let's talk about bike lanes. Let's talk about <laughs> bike lane, right? 
I, I, I remember going to downtown Vancouver and trying to figure out what those green painted uh, lanes are. And of course, here we are now, Victoria, the city of Victoria, one of the biggest complaints that locals have here is all the bike lanes and how it's clogging up traffic and, and all that. I've been a proponent for years about development here in town because just like everywhere else, just like Vancouver, we're so far behind in new inventory. It is, uh, it's troublesome. But one day I was stuck in traffic. And I was just about to, you know, curse about how crappy traffic is, delays, you know, they've taken these three lane roads and turned them into one and then the bike lane and all this. But then it dawned on me, I'm like, hold on. When I started real estate in 1991, the population was around 250,000 in Victoria. And now we're at 420,000. So in my time in business, I've seen that growth and you can't have growth without having issues with, you know, infrastructure, traffic, right. all that. So on one hand, I was just about to complain, but on the other hand, I caught myself in, in a position of whole lot. I've been promoting growth and, you know, it comes with its challenges, right? And that's almost a doubling of the population in your, in your yeah. career in real estate. That's incredible. Well, we've got areas like the West Shore. So uh, Langford, Colwood, where, you know, it used to be the outpost, right? It was. Uh, I don't know, I guess kind of like Surrey, the, the, the growth area where, where people had to move out to. And it was nothing when I was growing up as a kid, but now that's where everything is happening. That's where all the new development is. That's where all the new amenities, the big box stores, the recreation uh, places for families. Yeah. Towns change. And I think this is an issue because, you know, you read in the newspaper, uh, the letters, to the editor, people are bemoaning the changes, uh, in the city, but the reality is, you know, any town that is growing, it has to change. Mm-hmm. It can't be what it was 30 years ago, right? And, and what is the, when we think about cities changing, Tony, um, often the image of the city or the, or the, the role of the city is, is changing as well. Have you, have you watched, like how, how people perceive Victoria, has that changed in the last 30 years? It has more specifically actually since COVID, right? Because that whole nearly wed in, uh, sorry, yet yeah, nearly <laughs> wed and nearly dead uh, as, as Matt said, that's the classic saying that people always thought about Victoria. It was true because it, you know, it was largely a retirement community, right? I will say probably as of 20 years ago, Victoria priced itself out of the retirement, uh, world because people coming from Alberta. So the retired, the snowbirds coming from either Alberta or the Prairie, Saskatchewan, whatever, um, they could not afford it anymore. So as a result, we've seen a lot more growth up North. Uh, Parksville, Qualicum, uh, all those areas, uh, WestJet put direct flights in from Calgary to the Colmox Valley. So that's where the connection was made. Basically we've been priced out of a retirement market for a long time. Now COVID happened. All of a sudden we saw all of these young families showing up. So Victoria became uh, a lot younger and, you know, just thinking of our own experience, there's a lot of people who moved to Victoria who were Victorians and they ended up going to Vancouver or Toronto for their careers or to, you know, to make their money. And when COVID happened, it was an opportunity for them to come back. And even today, we have a lot of people that remain gainfully employed in Ontario, but are working remotely from Canada. If you can work from Victoria, if you can work anywhere in the country, I don't think we're going to, I'm going to say it, Adam. I said it the other day. I don't think you're choosing to go to Winnipeg. <laughs> that's where you guys are from right right yeah, yeah sorry dad <laughs> but you know if you choose anywhere in the country where are you going to choose you know it'll be the lower mainland it'll be uh vancouver island right absolutely absolutely and let's let's talk about interprovincial migration so you were saying that you you've kind of priced yourself out of being a a retirement uh option for people from say the prairies or from alberta are you still seeing like certain uh, provinces where you're, where there's an uptick of interprovincial migration? Yeah. Well, Ontario is still the big one. So the GTA, uh, Ottawa, of course, we have seen less Calgary and a lot of that does have to do with the pricing. Calgary is generally half the price of Victoria. So imagine what that is for Calgary going to Vancouver. I mean, it would, it would be gruesome, right? But the other amount is the, the amount of lower mainlanders that are coming to the island. Right. The island or the islands. So, you know, my colleagues on uh, Pender and uh, Galliano, you know, all of the main island, they're talking about how a lot of the Vancouverites have uh, have relocated to the to the Gulf Islands, too. Right. So 
getting back to what, what Matt was uh, uh, referencing, we're definitely a younger town now. And this is signified by the growth in the new schools that we have in our growth areas. There was one school that was built, uh, I think it was 2018, maybe it was. Uh, the day that it opened, it needed to be expanded. <laughs> Right. So this is what's happening. So Victoria is becoming a younger town. In some respects, it kind of has to be, uh, again, having to do with the fact that it is expensive, right? Unless you're coming from a place like Vancouver or Toronto where you're cashing out and doing okay in your real estate, it is hard for younger families to start out. Like there's no question. And, and let's talk about just how expensive it is. Because Tony, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, third most expensive market in the country? Yeah. You know, when we talk generally and, and it's something... I've done some research on, you know, you've got the lower mainland. So that would also include Fraser Valley because there's pricey areas around there as well. And the GTA, the greater Toronto area, Victoria does land in about third position, right? So the average house price right now, when I look at, um, uh, when I look at our stats, so for a single family, uh, detached house last month, the month of April, the average price was one, 1. 1.3 million. You know, and thinking about that and your comments about COVID, Tony, you know, we saw, and not that, you know, a lot of people moving to Victoria, a lot of people moving uh, out of Vancouver during COVID. And I think you saw that likely in your business and in the city, but how, how has, uh, how has Victoria weathered kind of the last year, 14 months, the, the, the rise in interest rates? Um, Can you talk a little bit about what the market's done in the last year, year and a half and, and where you're at now? It really mirrors what happens in Vancouver. In, in fact, um, in my observation is across the country, with the exception of Alberta, you know, that whole up and down thing, you know, we're seeing things uh, back in Toronto uh, right now going crazy again. Right. Right. So we hit that sort of soft spot where sellers were desperate for offers. The question is always, where do we hit the bottom? And it, and it feels like the bottom hit maybe three months ago, three or four months ago. So we're talking, you know, uh, December, January. December, January. Yeah. And we're back, we're coming back up again. So even this week, I've seen multiple offers bidding wars. I'm looking at uh, offer submissions this evening on a property. And, uh, you know, we're, it's not unusual to have 40 showings, nine offers and sell prices, you know, 10% over, over list price, which amazes me because. You know, here we are at a point where interest rates are a lot higher than they were when it was crazy time mm-hmm. last year, this time last year, early 2022, right? So Victoria's back. Yeah. And, and the, uh, a reason too is we still don't have inventory, right? Uh, we don't have people, people want to move. There's a lot of conversation with people wanting to go from A to B, but they know that they got to find a house to buy before they sell. Right. There's always that conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys talk about it all the time. Buy first, sell first, right? It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a painful process. Painful process, but they don't want to make a move until they, they have a sense that they can at least find something to move to. So we know there's a lot of people out there right now that are just locked. Like they want to do something, but they can't. Cause that's a big question. Why isn't there more inventory? Well, we, we sure as heck haven't built enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. And the demand is still there. You know, with the last announcement of interest rate hold by the Bank of Canada, it was a reminder about the fact that the demand was always there. It was just dormant for a bit. Mm-hmm. Can we get a sense of Victoria? Like I, my my sense, at least, and uh, talking to people on the island is, you know, Langford had a real pro-growth mayor for yep. a long time, no longer there. Uh, yep. But Victoria generally is is pretty slow to to get projects started. And, and now it looks like even the, the outskirts are, are kind of slowing down as well. Uh, yeah. is that, is that kind of generally, do you have the same issues that we have in, in the city of Vancouver? Is it also safe to say some of the most NIMBY neighborhoods in all of Canada? <laughs> I'm thinking about one specifically, but. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Well, of course, Victoria is unique because it's a small community of 420,000, yet we have 13 distinct municipalities. So we have 13 councils, 13 mayors. We've got 13 sets of bylaws for uh, building uh, 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 building permits and all that kind of stuff. It's really complicated. Uh, Matt, you mentioned um, uh, the mayor of Langford, who amazingly was voted out 
last time he was very pro development, right? They developed a process where you could get approvals in 24 hours. You could get seven day, um, permits and all that. Whereas we look at places like Victoria or Saanich, which is the largest uh, municipality here in town, but you know, this can be six months at a minimum to get a new sort of response from, from city hall. Right. So there, there is a difference. Now people often ask them, cause I had, uh, mayor Stu young on my program, uh, a couple of years back. The question is how come one municipality could have this sort of quick turnaround and others can't, mm-hmm. Well, the reality is Langford is a new development where it was all available land, whereas the rest of like Victoria or Saanich, any sort of development will require tearing down old and building new and plugging into old uh, infrastructure, sewage, storm drain, all that kind of stuff. But they didn't have that issue in Langford. So that is actually one of the reasons why they had, they had the ability for quick turnaround. That's interesting because we haven't talked about it on our show in a while, but you know, people talk about Yale town in Vancouver as, yeah. okay, find the next Yale town where, you know, there's not a, a intact community that is not keen on building a number of towers very quickly. Right. Um, yeah. I guess Brentwood is another one in Burnaby, but, uh, but yeah, that that's interesting about Langford. We actually had, uh, and it's Stu Young, correct? Uh, he yeah. was on the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, our sister podcast, about a year or two ago. And I remember him saying, I, I talked with him, uh, with Corey Wright, the other host of that show. And he was like, hey, if anyone's interested, you know, come to Langford, I'll drive you around. I'll show you around. Like he was an incredibly <laughs> charismatic guy, but also very hands-on, or at least seemed very hands-on in a way that was kind of incredible, really unique personality. Well, yeah, because it was, it was more than just development. I mean, he was very active in getting rugby Canada, you know, to the area. They, uh, I think it was basketball Canada. They were, they were, they were trying to, you know, just this whole sort of family environment, which they've done a really good job at. That school that I mentioned to you that was already bursting at the seams when it was open was in the region there, right? So that's where all, all the, uh, you know, all the, all the family stuff is happening. So. Oh yeah, we have our issues and, and we talked about it the other day, uh, Adam, like I know Vancouver, uh, permit turnaround time is very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, with the government's new mandate to uh, speed up the development process, you know, wonder if they're going to have any teeth with the municipalities. Right? Mm-hmm. So Tony, I, I want to talk about maybe, um, it would be interesting to get your take because I know there's offices all over the island. Um, um, but I'd, I'd love to get your take first of all, on areas you're excited about in how about starting with just Victoria and then maybe we could talk about, um, on the Island as well. And when I say that, um, I mean from more from an investor perspective or, or, yeah. um, a region that's kind of growing quickly that, that you're excited about. Yeah. Yeah. So as a reminder, and I keep referencing when you and I chatted, Adam, you know, uh, maybe one of these days we'll, uh, you know, we, you can post our conversation that we had. It was a good one. You know, we were talking about, uh, our two different regions. Talking about the the return on an investment and how Vancouver and Vancouver and Victoria, like the cap rates for what you're paying and the amount of rent that we get for an investor doesn't look all that doesn't look all that attractive on a monthly basis. But really, what you're doing is you're buying for capital appreciation, right? Because there are two markets that typically go up in value, right? Things that come to mind. So we've been talking about Langford. This is the new development area. So much going on out there. The values, you know, what people are getting, especially on an investor standpoint, if you want something new or newer that has little or no maintenance, and we're talking condos as well, too. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of condos in the core city of Victoria that are now 40, 50, 60 years old. And, you know, you start worrying about, you know, big capital costs coming up, right? We're looking at the newer buildings and turnkey things. There's lots out in the West Shore. Langford is an interesting area because, you know, I, I mentioned a moment ago, it was just vacant land for years because they didn't get the sewer lines in until probably, you know, 25, 30 years ago, it was all septic and there was no high density. So all of the condo buildings in the West shore are, are 25 years at the oldest. Right. And as a result, they've got all the new features people are looking for. So, uh, underground parking in sweet laundry, uh, you know, uh, kid friendly, pet friendly, all of that. Uh, those are those are some great opportunities in town of course downtown there's the occasional transient zone building that is short-term vacation rental friendly uh they are few and far between now but that seems to be something that uh, uh, attracts a lot of people nowadays 
And there's an area in town called Fairfield, which is by the Beacon Hill Park. It's kind of like our Kitsilano. So we'll have a lot of uh, Vancouverites that come over and they're interested in buying investment because they, it's hard to buy, I guess, guys, right? In the Kitsilano, yeah. right? So they see it kind of like as a mini Kitsilano. I, I, uh, I had an investor once I was chatting with and I said to him, I go, what, you know, the, the cap rates here are like, at the time, I think maybe it was like 3% or something. I, I said, you know, you get really good numbers coming out of Saskatoon or Calgary or something, you know, the acquisition cost is low relative to the, to the rent. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, first of all, I don't want to go there. And secondly, I want to jump on a ferry and be able to drive by and have a look at my investment mm-hmm. and have a day trip to Victoria or whatever. So there's a lot of that too, right? What about, um, we had Byron Chart on our program uh, yeah. a few weeks back. And uh, I know they're very excited about kind of the Harris Green area. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Harris Green? Oh my goodness. It's fantastic. So my, uh, my family grocery store was just around the corner for 35 years. So that was kind of my stopping grounds. And, you know, it was, it was basically car dealerships, um, you know, uh, not a lot of density. Uh, it's going to be amazing. You know, a combination of, we need rental housing. Of course, there was a 20 year gap where there was no purpose built rentals in Victoria. So it's great seeing that come back right now. It's all good. Like we need that. The, the net migration in Victoria, you know, the numbers pre COVID, I think were something like 3,500 or 4,000 people into the region every year. The problem with Victoria is geographically, like when you look at us with the Southern tip of the Island, surrounded by water on three sides, we got the Malahat on the fourth side. I, I always, I play this little game when I fly into Calgary, I look out the, <laughs> I look out the window and I have a look at the last house, you know, as you're approaching, you can see like that, the, the guy who's the last house in Calgary. And then it's like, you know desert or right. whatever. Right. Right. And I, I always say to myself, I go, next time I'm here, that's not going to be the last house because when a city like Calgary needs to grow, they just open up the city limits and boom, they got housing. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join typing in VRP 2020. You know what? And we both, Adam and I lived in Calgary in the 90s and how that city has grown uh, outwards I, is kind of, it's insane. I, I yeah, drove Air, through there Airdrie last year. Was, yeah, Airdrie was like a, was, was way out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or Bragg Creek. I mean, it all just kind of blurs together now. Yeah. So, so getting back to Victoria, we don't have that. We can't open up anything. 
And as a result, we're quickly becoming a taller city. So there's more, um, I won't call them high rises because we're still at, you know, I think 24 stories is the tallest we have in town now. But we're becoming a taller city added to the fact that our traffic infrastructure isn't great. So we've got the growth area of West Shore, but, you know, it's congested. It's not great, you know, early in the morning and uh, uh, afternoons, you know, after work, Friday afternoons are nutty. We don't do traffic patterns well here because it's still, right? But, you know, and just thinking a little bit more about Victoria, because it does mirror Vancouver in a lot of ways, right? It's a, it's a growth market that is supply constrained and supply constrained in terms of ability to, to expand outwards. You have to go upwards, but also supply constraint in terms of just the community politics and, and getting stuff built. So when you, you know, going back to your point, Tony, about, uh, it's a capital appreciation play. All things, including you know the, the population growth, are there to see that type of appreciation. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting seeing people move from bigger cities to Victoria because you know we we don't consider this an island. By the way, you know, people often say, "What's it like living on an island?" And 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 to me, as a local Victorian, like I think of Salt Spring Island as an island. Like I often forget about the fact that I actually do live on it. It's a big island, you know, I mean, it's eight hours driving tip to tip, right? Going up to Port Hardy or whatever. But, you know, the reality is, yeah, we lack things, right? Like we still need to go to Vancouver if we want good shopping or if we want to go see a good show or a game, you know, we've got an arena here, but it's not the big city, right? The other cool thing too for, for Victorians here is, either vancouver or seattle because it's just as easy to get to seattle as it is uh, vancouver from here right full plane catamaran you know ferry whatever right so mm. yeah uh, lots of amenities around but not you know not necessarily in town right tony what about in thinking about um vancouver island in general uh, do you have any other areas outside of victoria that um and say langford that you're excited about like i'm thinking specifically maybe nanaimo or comox valley or or what, yes. what are your thoughts? Yeah. So of course the news in Nanaimo is this commuter ferry that, uh, right. they're, they're trying to start up again. And this is, I can't remember how many times they've tried this now. It, it for some reason is difficult for them to get this going, but to have a commuter catamaran from Vancouver to Nanaimo, I think that would be a great thing for the area there. Um, what typically happens as a pattern is People are drawn to Victoria. They want to move here from other parts of the country. Then they find that it's either expensive or it's not, you know, what they're looking for. And they start moving, you know, they start going upwards. So, um, you know, the next is Mill Bay, the Couch and Valley. So the Duncan area as an alternative, we have people that do commute from Duncan to Victoria for work. And that's an hour long drive, right? Which isn't a big deal if you're from Toronto. Right. You're on Toronto. That's, that's not a big deal. Nanaimo, definitely a growth area. Parksville Qualcomm is the one that surprises because that's, that's always an area that, that, you know, Matt, you said, uh, uh, newlywed, nearly dead. Everyone thinks <laughs> Parksville Qualcomm is nearly dead. Right. But that too is, is getting a little more, more youthful. And surprisingly, Parksville is the second most expensive on the island. I thought, uh, Nanaimo was because of the amenities, but no, Parksville is expensive. So anything up the side, like there's just lots of opportunity, but again, people migrate and the people from Victoria who sell their properties to a lower mainlander tend to migrate upwards as well too. So we've got a lot of people that have moved to, um, to Parksville mm. or to Nana. Yeah. Cause they got to go somewhere. Right. Right. So if you were buying, if you were uh, advising a nephew or niece on a, on an investment property, say a one bedroom somewhere on the island. Tony, uh-huh. pick one spot, best best investment right now. Where where would you go? Well, it's always going to be solid downtown. You know, to to try your best to get maximum bang for the buck for something downtown. It's going to be smaller. It's likely going to be a one bedroom because the two bedrooms, you know, have kind of priced out of the the investment attraction, right? We've had a lot more one bedroom units. The, uh, we have micro suites. We've got ones that are 250 square feet. And especially now, you know, with the rental restriction in the East, you know, the, the, the rental market is strong here because of the fact that we don't have inventory. 
Like there's just not enough for people to, to, to rent. So there's always, always tennis. You know, when we put a property up for rent, we'll have 40, 60 applications, right? And it's been that way Tony, for years now. Would you say like culturally, would you say Victoria very much now is a condo town? Like is the absorption of condos, it's there and is it primarily investors or are yeah. you seeing that downsizers and new first time home buyers are, are all excited about condos? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because the media would have you believe that, uh, it's all investors. Uh, you know, one of my, uh, one of my contacts in Toronto uh, was talking about lining up in, um, St. Catharines for a weekend where they got to camp out to get their allocation for, you know, a pre-build for a condo that, that sold. We don't have that. You know, my, my observation is it has been the way for people to get into the real estate market. I've lost track of how many first time buyers we've had whose dream was to have a house and they had to downgrade to townhouse and then downgrade to condo Mm -hmm. just to get their foot in the door. But then we see them make their moves over years and that's how you get your house here. You know, in the lower mainland or Victoria, um, the dream of having a home as a first house, you know, I, I think it's not there anymore, unfortunately, unless you have a lot of help from mom and dad. Or grandma and grandpa. No, right. Tony, maybe thinking about the whole home show, can you tell us a little bit more about, about that? H- how long you've been doing it and, and maybe some of the, some of the biggest lessons you've learned from, from talking to people about real estate on the radio? <laughs> sure. Sure. So the whole home show came about because of my background as the spokesperson of the real estate board. I ended up, uh, just getting to know all the media personalities, uh, in Victoria and I was approached, you know, radio was always looking for, for content. And I was approached to, um, to put together a program at the, at the time I kind of wasn't interested because it sounded like work to me. Um, <laughs> Wait, did I you mean, find you that it wasn't? You need, you need to, <laughs> I mean, you guys know, cause you need to find, you need to do programming. You need to find content. You need to, you know, find things that your listeners, uh, would be interested in. And, uh, Adam, you said, and I felt the same way too. At the very beginning, there's always that concern of what if we run out ideas? Yeah. And, and it turns out you never will. Right. Cause, cause the government will always change things. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do. So it's been six years for me now and, um, I'm behind you guys. I think I'm somewhere at 275 episodes or, or something. It has, it has been a journey. It's been great. Uh, I, I do find, cause people ask how I find my guests and I do find that in our day-to-day real estate, you know, we meet people, we meet plumbers, we meet electricians, we meet people out there in the trades world or, or politicians or whatever. And I just ask the question, you know, um, what can you talk about coming on the program that our listeners will be interested in? And, uh, and there's been lots, something that we've had the privilege of on our program is a lot of politicians. Uh, and I even had, uh, the housing minister, Ravi Kalon on our program oh, wow. the day after he got his job. Yeah. And we were, and that was at the time talking about the, um, bill 41 or whatever it's called, uh, about the deletion of, uh, age restrictions and rental restrictions and all that. So, uh, had a good conversation with him. Uh, also had, uh, very early on the head of BCFSA when our, um, regulator changed. Remember back then? was 2000 and, uh, whatever that was 2020. Uh, so very interesting having him on. So what have I learned? Um, this is a tough question. You know, I feel like you guys, that I am a student of our industry and I am a student of our community and, you know, to meet people and just to hear about the other side of the, um, of the story is, is always something that, that interests me. In fact, I, I want to bring something up right now and it has to do with foreign buyers and it has to do with this impression that, that my community anyways, I'm not sure about you guys, but my communities always had this impression that, yeah, you know, the housing costs here have escalated because foreigners have come and they've bought properties and they're driving prices up and they have, you know, vacant homes and all that. I was on a call in on CFAX one day and some fella said, yeah, you know, the house next to me, it's vacant, it's empty. And, you know, they're just going to hold it. And, you know, it's not fair that this was happening. I was able to determine from our conversation what street the guy lived on. And I looked it up and yes, it was a Chinese buyer, but Chinese as in Vancouver Chinese, Mm -hmm. right? So not foreign, 
but Chinese Canadian, right? And the second thing about it, the house was vacant because of the fact that they were waiting for a um, renovation permit at the municipality, right? So this is kind of what, you know, it's, it's the, it's the either misunderstanding or the impression that this is what's going on. You know, I, I guess what I'm getting to is vast question about what I learned. I had kind of early on my program, a couple of new immigrants into Canada. And these were people that I knew, but what really, really touched me was they were telling the story about how hard it was to actually immigrate. And how hard a decision it, w- it was to choose to leave their home and to learn a new language and to learn a new culture because, you know, they, they saw this as a great place for their family, right? So I've often thought about the politicians who, you know, vilify, um, you know, uh, foreign investors or whatever, maybe learn their story, maybe, maybe talk to these people, maybe learn more about why did they move here? Right. It is not just to make money. And I, I think one of the things that we forget about is real estate was not always a avenue for people to make money. I can think of seven year spans of time, like in the nineties mm-hmm. where prop where prices didn't go up. Right. You bought a house because that's where you wanted to live. And, you know, and you were paying yourself instead of paying rent. If it went up in value 2% or 5%, that was kind of nice. But now there's almost like an expectation that it should double every couple of years or something. And, you know, using your, your real estate as an ATM to take money out and, and whatever. Well, Very Tony, interesting we, we've been, uh, we, we often describe, uh, listeners of our show as real estate obsessed. And, uh, since you've been doing this for 32 yes. years and you're still, you're still learning and consider yourself a student of the market suggests, uh, suggests it's very much uh, okay. in line with what, with what, how we feel, um, and how our, our listeners feel. And, and the looking for the villain thing, that's been one of our biggest takeaways too, is, is over the last seven years, watching the villain change, you know, um, from uh, foreign buyer to what's it today? Yeah. REIT, uh, tomorrow it might be a new immigrant. Um, it could, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, or, or immigration or, or it's, it's, it's constantly evolving who the villain is in, in this marketplace. You know, and I, and, and it's, it's, right. it's interesting to, to watch. I feel that both Vancouver and Victoria were victims of our own success because there are so many attributes. There's so many things that draw people into our regions and there are things, I mean, how can you control the natural beauty, right? The, you know, the waterfront, you know, the oceans and the, the, the uh, mountains in the background, all, all these things, v- Victoria too, you know, we are a small town and the question often comes up, why are we so expensive? And it's because of the fact that, you know, we're not an industry town. We're not like a one trick pony. We are government, we're military, we're tourism. We got a technology hub here. We're a university town. People like the weather. Like we've got so many attributes here that draw people to Victoria. We've had so many people in the services, uh, Navy in particular, right? They, they have planned to have their final hosting in Victoria, mm-hmm. because this is where they want to retire. Right. Again, it's out of choice. You know, when, when you, when you're a location that people are drawn to, this is what's going to happen. And unfortunately it means it's expensive. Well, right? maybe, uh, we'll leave it there, Tony, but we do have this segment called the five wire, five lighthearted questions that we end every program with. Uh, can you stick around for that? Oh yes. Yes. The five wire is brought to you by Scalina real estate. Hey, That sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Question number one, what is one book that you've read recently that you would recommend? Oh, you know what? I'm not really a reader. I'm a podcast listener, which is the reason <laughs> why I listen to you guys, right? Uh, I've, I've never been a reader. Uh, a recent book, so the you know, last time I picked up a book was probably on the plane going to the UK, and I grabbed the closest thing I had at the time, which is Travel as a Political Act by Rick Steams. Right. Yeah. You know, interesting. Rick the travel travel as a political act. What, 
what's the uh what's the political act yeah well so i i have met rick because i do a little bit of work down at um uh, public broadcasting down in seattle for kcts9 i'm the canadian pitch man so i end up being on tv uh, every once in a while there a lot of canadians uh, support the station right so they need uh, uh, canadian help so I've done those pledge yeah. drives, you know, with the telephones in the background with Rick Steves and, and all. He's a fantastic guy, by the way. He always says he loves Canadians because Canadians are much more global, unlike the States. And he always talks about the Americans as being very American centric, whereas, you know, uh, uh, we're much more open. Travel as a political act just talks about his, um, his observations traveling and how people in different countries, you know, politically, socially how how you know how they live like the one that i have by the way is an old version because i think it was uh 2009 or something i think he's had a more recent one come out talking about the uh, politics in the states but uh no stuff like that it's it's really interesting huh yeah all right sounds good uh in the last few years tony what is one new belief behavior or habit that has most improved your life oh my goodness um I knew you guys would ask this questions because I listened to this, but I didn't, didn't really prepare, prepare too much. You know, our business is full of adversity. You got good days, you got bad days. You know, sometimes you win the multiple offers. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you lose a few. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk, we tell it, tell this to our kids as well, too. You know, the, the, the quicker we can recover, the quicker we can, you know, recuperate from a blow. That's really important, right? Staying, staying positive and not dwelling on that stuff. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, what is something you've been binge watching lately or a favorite movie recommendation? I am not a binge watcher. Uh, that's my, that's my wife's department. Uh, I, I am a huge Star Trek nerd. So there's been a lot of great Star Trek coming out uh, recently. We are, however, uh, binge watching presently Ted Lasso. So I've been really enjoying that. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Favorite band or music, Tony? Uh, I am a, uh, geez, favorite band or music. I listen to the killers a lot. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, the music that I typically have in the background playing when I'm working away, I'm a soundtrack guy. So I listen to movie soundtracks and there's, you know, lots of classics that, you know, it just, it, uh, brings back good memories. Right. Do you have a favorite? I was going to say Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> No, more, actually more orchestric, orchestral, right? So I'm a, I'm a John Barry fan. So, you know, all the, like the old style James Bond stuff, John Williams, obviously. Oh, cool. Star Wars, uh, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, a lot of that, uh, James Warner. I, I'm half embarrassed to admit this, but yesterday I was working away and I had the soundtrack. Remember Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. That's a, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah. And of course you get all that on you. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's kind of amazing. I've never heard of somebody being like, ah, need some background music. Let's put Commando. on the Commando soundtrack. Yes. yes. <laughs> Matt, Matt's house is constantly playing Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> there's, a, there's a soundtrack. Uh, last but not least, Tony, um, something you have purchased for under $1,500 that has changed your life or at least had a positive impact on your life in the past few years oh god uh oh traveling because i was in the the uk over christmas um i picked up a because you know we're briefcase people generally right um one of these travel backpacks i have it right here it's a pack safe you know ballistic nylon with uh anti uh um i think adam has one of those yeah the anti-theft zippers and stuff right uh yeah and you know what, ever since I've had this thing, which I think is fantastic and they're not cheap. I have, I have Oh, then it's not mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't get yours at Superstore? Okay. No, wrong, wrong. It mine's made out of, mine's a tote bag, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's, it's fantastic. And I have ditched, I mean, I had a beautiful Mont Blanc briefcase that I've used for years. I haven't touched that thing now for months because this thing is, is my new, uh, I love this thing. I love the, uh, so, you, so you're carrying a backpack then yeah. or is it a, Wow. Great. And is that your, like, that's, that's what you you use for work. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got, I've got two sizes now. I went for a smaller one as well. Cause sometimes you just need a laptop. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's fantastic. I love it. 
Well, fantastic, Tony. That was, that was a great conversation. I have to say, over the years, people, and I feel like it happened to us more uh, in the past than it does now, used to say, you guys really do sound like you have radio voices. And Tony, I think you... You have the most radio voices. Oh, you take the cake. Of, yeah. Oh or you could maybe announce that the Canucks game, I feel like you got the voice, you got the talent. You know, that's this, for sure. this comes up every once in a while. And you know, my answer is, it's my voice. Like, I, you know... <laughs> uh, I, I will say this because it's unlikely that our CFAX uh, followers listen, or I mean, maybe they do listen to the podcast as well, too. That, that was unfair. There is a personality at CFAX. And of course, in the days when we were in the station, we'd pass each other in the hallway and stuff. It always made me laugh because he's got the distinct real voice and radio voice. So I, oh, he does it totally different. Oh, yeah. So I go up to him and I go, hey, how's it going? And then you see his, his chin kind of go down. It goes, I'm doing great. Right, so it's just a completely different, yeah. But uh, <laughs> just a bunch of people with uh, different voices. That's uh, that's that's great. That's an SNL skit. Um, all right. Well, Tony, how can people find out more about what you're up to? And of course, how can they? Uh, well, first of all, maybe maybe your your real estate team and a little bit about Remax Island Properties. And then also uh, the whole home show on CFAX 1070. Yeah, well, you can visit uh, my team's webpage, which is primeteam.ca, primeteam.ca. And you can find our, actually, we podcast all of our episodes on iTunes and Google. So just look up the whole home show, all 260 or whatever episodes are there, including yours. Adam's going to be up there shortly. Ooh. Yeah. Remax Island Properties, uh, our brokers, remaxislandproperties.ca. Uh, uh, again, offices in Victoria, Duncan, and uh, Mill Bay. Happy to chat with anyone who's thinking about getting into the uh, the industry. Uh, very handy being a uh, BCFSA and BCREA instructor in that uh, in that regard. Um, but no, happy to chat with anyone here on the South Island. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Tony, for your time. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Tony Joe, co-owner of Remax Island Properties and host of The Whole Home Show on CFAX 1070. Really enjoyed having Tony on the program. Great to be on his show uh, a few weeks ago now. Nice having him on our program. Yeah. And I got to say, Tony's a, all around, he's a great guy, but also a true professional. You can tell he knows a ton about the market. Really, really insightful conversation with Tony. Even if you're not looking at the island, always nice to kind of check in to see how that market is mirroring or or not our market here in the lower mainland. Yeah, and the, and it is worth pointing out, you know, you don't have to actually tune in to the show in real time. It is produced as a podcast as well. So you yeah. can get that on all the podcast applications. Yes, including iHeartRadio. That's which, right. Uh, which is... Which we're on as well. I, I didn't recently, realize we were on. Recently, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're on iHeartRadio as well. Matt, what else do we got before we cut for the day? What else do we have? We have the Livewire. This is our weekly mailer. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com to sign up for that. That's where all things real estate related live. If you sign up to the Livewire right now, I feel like we have a lot of different opportunities that we're putting in front of people. Stuff Trevor involving Trevor Street from uh, from out in the valley. Some yep. pretty attractive price points. And uh, this and is a pro this is a project of- uh, specifically down by the historic town of Abbotsford. Right, the rent roll that they sent like knocked my socks off. Really, really high rents. Two beds start junior two beds starting in the like low or sorry mid four hundred and some pretty pretty impressive incentives this yeah. weekend. So just uh, for just for our group. So yeah. if you want to actually on this one, if you are interested. You got to get in touch like ASAP, ASAP. That's right. Yeah. Hear this is get in touch. VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have, of course, Earl by Chard coming out. Great access to that. Access to so many of these pre-sale projects. And right now is a really exciting time to be thinking about pre-sale. Of course, we have the sold plan that sell with us on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And last but not least, under the button buy with us, we have private client services. Because Matt, if you were not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips. VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com slash PCS. Sign up for your own free account or just click buy with us and uh, you'll get a uh, access there. Also, Matt, before we cut for the day, a couple things. One, I'm heading to Vegas. No big deal. Tomorrow. That's right. 
clearing up an old gambling debt. <laughs> no, no, it's a conference. But uh, uh, heading to Vegas, so right. I will be out of commission. And Matt, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can people get in touch? They can get in touch with me at any time, Adam, at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And of course, we have the old nonpartisan Kokomo line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Well, have a great week, guys. We're back with another great episode next week. Take care. Have a good week. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.